St. Louis. See, I'm from Seattle, okay? I was wearing a hoodie on Tuesday, and that was all right by me, okay? And it's a Seattle Seahawks hoodie, by the way. And so we don't, like, take summers off, you know, like, you know, because it's like you get a lot of rain, so vacation happens whenever it happens not to be raining. So anyway, it's good to see those that are not on vacation today. It's also good to see a lot of visitors. So if, if you're a visitor in here this morning, I'm especially glad to see you, and I hope you feel welcome. Um, I'm one of the pastors here. My name is Nathan Mosier, and um, uh, we have uh, several, uh, um, well, at least Tom, anyways, on vacation, and so I get to serve this morning. A couple announcements, uh, the first one being the attendance books. So there's these books on the ends of your row. It just allows us to know who's worshiping with us, allows us a chance to communicate. So if you have a question, uh, that'd be a good place to uh, uh, write it down, and someone will get back to you. And also, it's just uh, helpful for us to know. So we don't sell your information. Nothing sketchy. Uh, so please fill that, uh, fill that out and then pass it back and put it in the box. Also, we have next week, uh, where's Eric Van Zee? Is he in, no, he's in Sunday school. Uh, so Eric Van Zee and, uh, and company, uh, Elisa Fernandez and a couple interns, um, Ben and Katie, are going on Great Escape with our uh, middle schoolers. So we should pray for them. Uh, this week. So if you've got a middle schooler in here, um, you know what I'm talking about. So without further ado, I want to start the message with prayer, and uh, we'll pray for these things as well. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for this opportunity. I give you thanks for the sunshine, the flowers, and the bees. God, thank you for this season of fun and eating outside and being together and um, hopefully taking some time off to be with our families. We pray for all of those who are away from us. Pray you protect them and keep them safe. God, I also pray for our middle schoolers. And um, I ask for a special blessing of safety and just really a fabulous time as they go away for the week. And God, as we come to, your, uh, to the sermon, I need your help to do what... Uh, uh, you're calling me to do this morning, and, and I pray with all of my heart that, that the Word of God would minister comfort and appropriate challenge, care, and guidance for your people. God, you know my words are not important. Your Word is what's important. So I pray you would speak clearly, and above all, Father, you would be glorified through the glory of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who makes us belong to you. I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Has anyone here been to the Caribbean? I need to see hands. I need to know who I'm... I need to find my enemies here who've been... Because I haven't been to the Caribbean. Okay, how about St. Thomas? Okay, St. Thomas. So is that sort of right? Is the the color of the water right? Um, At one time, St. Thomas looked a little more like this. In the mid-1700s, St. Thomas uh, Island in the Caribbean was home to a large slave plantation. An African man named Anthony managed to escape, leaving his brothers and sisters there in slavery. Anthony found passage to Europe where he made friends with Christians in the Moravian Church in Hernhut, Germany. The Christians took him in and they learned his story. They were heartbroken. A Moravian uh, preacher named Nicholas Zissendorf preached in Copenhagen, Denmark, about uh, the slave situation in St. Thomas. 
and he knew his new friend Anthony. He knew that his brother and sister were back there, and uh, Sissendorf preached with passion. In the, in the audience were a man who made pots for a living and a man who built things, uh, uh, was a carpenter, built things with his hands as well. And those men were so moved by the message. They were so moved by the fact that these slaves, they weren't allowed, they weren't allowed to have any access to church or Christianity or to their missionaries. They weren't allowed to hear that they could belong to Jesus if they believed. They were not allowed. And these two uh, young men couldn't stand for that. Something compelled them, and they said, we have to go. And uh, people in the know, public officials, church friends, family, said, you can't go there. You can't go to St. Thomas. They don't allow missionary. St. Thomas is to produce sugar. That's, that's, that's its job. And there's slaves there. You can't, you can't go there and start no church. You can't go there and preach the gospel. You can't do it. And they said, well, we will become slaves if we have to, to be with the slaves. And it took them a long time to, to prepare, and they hit a lot of obstacles. And finally, they, uh, they prevailed. And these two guys, Leonard Dover and um, David Mishman, they began their two-month journey across the Atlantic down to the Caribbean by stepping off the dock in Copenhagen and onto the deck of a ship. And the ship pulled away slowly. Can you imagine this scene here? Pulling away. There was no email. Okay? No, uh, no Air Caribbean. They were going away. And their friends and family church members and onlookers stood aghast, just watching that ship pull away. And the two men faced their friends and family. They raised their hands and they said together, may the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. May the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. And I submit to you this morning that reward is our belonging to him. So we're in this new series called You Pick It, We Preach It. Green Tree asked, you responded. And this morning my assignment is these two questions. Uh, next slide. Um, Oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm a little off. So hold on. Let me just take a break and say the PowerPoint looks a little jacked, and it's my fault. So I'm really sorry. Um, the the uh, you pick it, we preach it uh, questions are this. Um, how do we engage our neighbors who are different from us? Someone wrote down that question. And number two, is Green Tree ready to be a diverse, a diverse church? And of course, I'm a student of the Bible, and y'all pay me to uh, study the Bible and to preach on occasion, and so I've got to take those questions to the Bible. And you know, uh, I went in search of the Bible, and do you want to know what? The Bible searched me. You know, I went to examine the text, and the text examined me. I went searching, and I felt like I had been searched. And this is what came out of the text. The Bible was asking me, Nathan, what do you believe about belonging? Who belongs in God's family? And what does that mean? What does it mean to belong to God's family? 
That's the same concern that I read about in the Word of God, and that's the same concern that we share. And the go-to passage on diversity in the church is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through 22. So we are going to read that together. Again, my apologies. If you have a, you know, a telescope back there, you can read this. So you're just going to have to listen. Just listen if you can't read it, okay? Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, this was written to Ephesians and Ephesus, Asia Minor, non-Jews, you were called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made by the, uh, in the flesh by hands. Remember that at that time... Uh, you were at that time separated from Christ. You were separated. You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ, in Christ, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in the ordinances that he might create in himself one new person, one new man in the place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to you who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to God, to uh, to the Father. So then, you know you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built upon the foundations of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God's spirit. Friends, this is the word of God. Nathan, you might say, that's a lot. That's a lot of jumble. And I agree, it took me like four weeks to just kind of like boil it all down. So I boiled it all down, and here we go. This is the main uh, point today. In Christ, in Christ, we belong to God's family. I belong in Christ. You belong in Christ. We belong. They belong. If they're in Christ, they belong to God's family. So let's unpack this a little bit. First, There's no outsiders in God's family. No outsiders, no misfits, no out crowd, no in crowd, no wannabes, no foreigner, no stranger. If the person will believe the gospel, they belong to Christ. They are in Christ. Look, have you ever been put down because of who you are? It's something you can't change. Hey, shorty, why are you playing basketball? Why, what, this was me, why is the kid with glass arm, why does he think he can play center field, really? And then I hit a growth spurt, and then I, you know, I earned center field, which was pretty awesome. But, you know, for a while there, and then, and then of course, hey you, your last name is Mosier? Trouble, you're from where? 
What did you say your high school was? Oh, okay. I know about you. And so being called that name is hard. You know, it's not any fun. We, everybody in this room is old enough to experience feeling like that. Am I right? And so the Jews, Jewish Christians, uh, they could make the Gentiles feel uh, outsiders, not inside trackers, by calling them a name. Hey, uncircumcision. Kind of a, you know, it's a medical procedure. I'm not going to say any more about that. But it's the way that marked, you know, Jewish boys uh, and the Jewish people kind of prize. This marks you like you're in the Jewish faith. And so, you know, Jesus was a Jew, and the people who believed in Jesus, hey, we're Jews. Well, what about these Roman Gentiles? Not circumcised. Uncircumcision. Maybe for us, it'd be like, hey, toothless. You know, hey, those who don't go to the dentist, unclean, yuck, stay away from me. You don't belong to me. And so how do you respond when someone calls you a name? You know, of course, you feel sad. Another way to go with it, another way to go with it is to say, well, you know what? I don't need to belong to you. I got plenty. I got plenty. I'm doing fine. In fact, the Ephesians were doing very, very well. One of the ancient wonders of the world is in Ephesus. Anybody been to Ephesus, Turkey? Yeah, the, the, the theater there, the remnants of, of, of temples. Ephesus had wealth. It was an important Roman city had wealth, had access to culture, and just enough religion to make everybody feel like, you know what, I'm okay without this Jesus stuff. Does that sound familiar? I'm okay without this Jesus. I got, you know, I don't feel like I fit into this Jesus thing. I always go to the country club, you know. I I always have this that makes me feel like I belong. Here's the problem. That never saved anybody. It's okay to belong to some things, as far as they go, but they don't go very far, do they? They never saved anybody. And you see, remember, you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from Israel. You were separated. You were strangers. You had no hope without God in the world. Yeah, you could eat, drink, and be merry, but when you die, a golf club never saved anybody, right? And so, you know, the Jews also could be proud. The Apostle Paul, who's writing this, says, hey, look, if anybody could be proud, I could be proud. I came from the right family. I went to the right schools. I know the right people. I got the right job title. And you know what Paul calls that? Rubbish. That's rubbish compared to the glory of knowing God and that God knows me. That stuff is rubbish because for as many fit in, Just as many or more do not fit in. Am I right? Thank you. Amen. So, what's the difference? Look, verse 13. But now in Christ, you who have been, who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Here's a question. Where does the blood of Christ fall? on your list of things you belong to. What does the blood of Christ mean to you? Is it just, yeah, that's something I hear in church, but, you know, my, where the action is is at the baseball game. Where the action is is kind of on Facebook. Where the action is is with these people, you know, and I'm, I'm going to work really hard to belong. See, the difference is the blood of Christ brings rest and peace. It's something that's given. It's something that's offered. 
If you are in Christ, you belong, and there is no outsiders. Amen? Mm. So, recently, I call this patience. This is my patience right here, okay? So I was laying in bed on a bag of ice recently. Man, back in my day, I ran the 40 in 4.6. I ran the mile in 5.17. And I, com- I completed a marathon to boot. And now, if I challenged the oldest person in this room to a foot race, I would lose. No question. And I'm laying there thinking, man, like, I just, a certain part of my identity, like Nathan was an athlete and a mountain bike racer and a rock climber and this really cool stuff I used to do. I just can't do it. Moreover, I'm a pastor and I can't do that right now. I'm in, in bed on a bag of ice watching Netflix. I don't belong. And I'm thinking about this passage. And I said, Nathan, what do you belong to? If the blood of Jesus covers you, you're my son. You are in. My eye is on you. Because there's no outsiders. So yes, to that distinguished class of mediocre has-been athletes, my status is somewhat in jeopardy with patience here. But as God's son, by the blood of Jesus, I belong. And there's no outsiders. Okay, so what's with this blood of Jesus stuff? What does it actually do? Let's look here. For he himself is our peace, verse 14, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility, that he might create in himself one new man or person in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God, thereby killing the hostility. And he preached peace to those who were far off and peace to those who were near. The blood of Jesus makes peace with God and peace with others. Peace with God and peace with others. Because you know our fundamental problem is with God. We say to the creator of the Son, what do you know? I'm running a business here. This is how I'm going to turn a profit. We say to the designer of children, what do you know about family? What do you know? What do you know about marriage? What do you you know? Really? The the issue is, do do we honor him? Do we thank him? Do we say to our creator, I'm your creator, I'm created one. My life depends upon you. And you know what he gives us the Bible? A book that he says is my very word, and we say, that's just a dusty old book for Sundays. You know, uh, this here. It's just far more interesting. But you know, you can put the Bible on these, I learned. I'm a technophobe, and this is like a really new thing for me. It's, it's a big deal. Normally, I want to throw my iPhone in the, in the trash, but I'm learning. Like, hey, you can actually make it work for you. Anyway. That's the issue. Do we honor him? Do we glorify him? Do we invite him? And moreover, it gets worse than that, doesn't it? It's not just not doing something. It's, it's, it's 
doing other things that we know are wrong, that we know are going to hurt someone else. See, our problem's with God. Where is he in your life? And you see the blood of Jesus is on the table for you to belong by the blood of Jesus to forgive your sins. Jesus Christ died a sinner's death. He took upon, the innocent one took upon sins himself. An innocent person dying a sinner's death who was conspired against, arrested, abandoned, mocked, and killed. And at the cross, there was Jews and Gentiles, men and women, younger people, older people, Africans, Romans, Israelites, and they were all there. And Jesus, they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And you see, we accept that blood sacrifice. The debt for sin has been paid. Will you believe? Where does that fall in your priority list? You see, in Christ we belong if we believe. And we said there's no outsiders. And I'm saying here that it makes peace with God. And you see, everybody needs that. So the, the dividing wall, the hostility that keeps us apart from God has been abolished. And because everybody needs that, we can be united with others. Everybody, we're equal in our need. So what's the dividing wall of hostility for you? Where do you divide with God? Where do we divide with others? Just forget about Jews and Gentiles. Sometimes there's a dividing wall of hostility right down the center of my queen-size bed. Right down the center console of the car you're driving that you drove in this morning. Block of ice. You ever feel that? Just there's a block of ice between me and this person. Outside of your office door, where's that hostility? I'm telling you, if there's another believer involved, you have access to unity and peace. The basis of peace, forgiveness, the blood of Jesus can bond you. And those, those folks, and there's several here, I, I, could, just, I could just call out their names. Those who, those who are married in Christ, I'm so proud of your example. Because I see that that bonds you. A a marriage based upon Christ will bond you. Okay, so we're saying peace with God, peace with others. That's what it does. So one little story. There's lots of positive examples. I'm going to give a negative one. When I was interviewing for this job, I came most recently from Kansas, but of course I'm from Seattle. Did some seminary in Boston, so I'm just like a mutt. Okay? And I'm sitting with Tom Ricks, Mr. Kirkwood, you know, born, raised here in Kirkwood. And we're eating at Spencer's, which is like just so perfectly Kirkwood. And I'm having, you know, a crispy blueberry pancake with, you know, one sausage, one bacon, one egg, whatever Tom ordered, that's what I ordered. Try to fit in, you know, try to get the job. And um, Tom says, says, uh, Nathan, if you get this job, are you ready to, you're going to have to try hard to make friends. And I said, what? He's like, no, look, people in the Midwest are really nice. 
But if you want a, a close friendship, you're going to have to be persistent. Oh, what, what else can you tell me? He looked down and he said, you know, Nathan, I'm, I'm ashamed to say this, but um, if there were a black person walking in front of Spencer's right now, um, most people here would be very uncomfortable. They wouldn't even look at him. They certainly wouldn't talk to him. Really? Yeah. Huh. So I'm in Kirkwood. I'm visiting. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to go pray about this job here at Green Tree. And I went into a church in Kirkwood, very beautiful church. And I wanted to pray. That's going to be great, by the way. When we have a place to go and pray during the day, it's fantastic. The sanctuary is wonderful for that. I go into a sanctuary. And the place was empty, except for an African-American man vacuuming the sanctuary. I go up to him and I say, sir, um, so okay if I pray in here? And he said, uh, yeah, of course. And, and I, you know, thought I'd strike up a little conversation. Like, well, gee, I'm, I'm, out of t- I'm from out of town. It's good to see you. You know, like, how long you worked here? Well, 12 years. Oh, cool. Well, what's it like going to church here? I don't go to church here. But what do you mean you don't go to church here? Are, are you a Christian? Yeah, of course I'm a Christian. I work at a church. Okay, well, well why, don't, why don't you go to church here? Because I worked here 12 years and no one talks to me. I'm not coming down on Green Tree, okay? Because we're better than that. But on our worst days, are we? Yeah, we're drinking the water. We're breathing the same air. Don't you think on our worst days we might be tempted to think that way? I think so. Okay, let's press on. Let's see what is God asking us, calling us to do. This is cool. Together, believers are being made into something new and holy. And I already said, they're, they're made. It, God creates. He's created one new person by the blood of Jesus. We are made new. And we're being made. Let's look at this. Uh, next slide. Our God is creative. He makes. He made us both one. How is that possible? By his power by his power, that he might create in himself, in himself, in Christ, we all belong. Remember the main point, there's no outsiders. We have peace between God and others. And look, he might create in himself one new human. Our God is creative and he makes things. Now get ready for this. He's going to throw at, throw at us all kinds of, of cool metaphors. We're members of a household in which he's father. We're citizens of a country in which he's king. We're built, built, we are built on the foundation of the apostles' prophets. Christ Jesus being the cornerstone. I don't know if you've ever seen a stone building with a cornerstone in like old Europe. It's a very important stone. It's just like they take forever to find it. It holds everything together. And uh, that's Christ in whom the whole structure, look at this, being joined together by who? By God grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. God's making us, using us. He's building something. A temple is a really cool place. It's artistic. You know, it's beautiful. They pay attention to to the light. They pay attention to where the sun is 
going to be and how the shadows are going to fall, it should inspire a sense of awe. And when I'm with someone from a completely different culture, from a completely different color, from a completely different background, and I'm saying, I believe, do you believe? Yeah, I believe, and you believe. Well, that's the most important thing to me. Is that the most important thing? Yes, it is. Well, let's pray. We have a unity that this world can never even begin to understand because in Christ, everybody belongs. There's no outsiders. We have a basis for peace. And he's building something new and beautiful in us. You see, to review, we all belong. Okay, application. Where the rubber meets the road. First, like me sitting on my bag of ice, you know, reminiscing about the time I had a good soccer game when I was 14 years old, Apply this to yourself. Trying to belong is hard work. Am I right? If you're a kid, you know, children in elementary school, where are the, where are the kiddos? Kiddos? First graders, kindergarten? Hi, kids. When you're trying to belong in school, is that hard? When you're trying to fit in to the kickball team or the, or the girls who are like doing the really cool tricks on the monkey bars and you just can't do it or you're trying to be the smart kid and you can't finish your, your math, uh, uh, timed math assignments just right, like my son Chase, it's hard to belong. Adults, when you don't squeeze into those pants that you, you do be able to squeeze into for the party, you know, when you don't look the part, when you're not making, you know... Kirkwood money or whatever, I don't know what it is. It's hard to belong, right? But consider this, belonging to Christ actually brings rest. Hey, this is something that's been given to me. I belong. So those people who are making me feel like I don't belong, what do they know? I'm Christian, I belong here. And I can say this, this it's hard for me sometimes, I belong here. In St. Louis, in this church, in this place, in this time, I belong to Christ. And if you belong to Christ, we belong together. Okay, this is a tough question. <laughs> You're telling me I belong, everybody in the church. What, the church is the very place I don't feel like I belong. It's the very place I feel excluded. It's the very place I don't feel welcome. I am a first-generation regular churchgoer, second-generation Christian. Do the math. My parents love Jesus, discouraged by the church. It's part of my story. It's part of my story to, to know the feeling and the pain of looking for brothers and sisters in Christ you can connect to who will, who will disciple you and say, I want to belong to them. And so God, in his sense of humor, made me a pastor. And, and that's good because I care about this question. But look here. You might need to have a belonging conversation. If someone's making you feel excluded, you might need to say to them, hey, I feel excluded from you. What's the deal? But maybe before that, maybe this is a both and, maybe not an either or, think longer about peace with God. Coming to church just to belong, just for belonging's sake, we're not a social club. I mean, we are social, but we're more than that. We are those who've been called out to worship. We're those who sit and hear the word of God. That makes us belong. 
My peace with God, that's what makes me belong. So if you're always looking for belonging and anytime someone kind of looks away or had a bad, you know, sip of coffee and they're like, ugh, and you think that's for you, you're like, man, I got to leave this church. You see what I'm saying? You got to kind of settle that. Do I have peace with God and I have the sense that I belong first? Okay, next. If you're an undecided person in here, you just don't know if this Jesus thing is, is, is really your thing or, or if like Jesus is the only way like he said he was, you know, or if like this Christian stuff is like, hey, I'm not ready to, you know, there's a lot of pathways. If you're just kind of confused, this is your place. I mean, who else died, shed blood and rose from the dead? I mean, if you don't believe Jesus rose from the dead, it's kind of a big issue. I mean, Christianity falls apart if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. So maybe think about that. Consider. And this might be the very point of application for you. Just say, look, I need to take this message and say, where do I stand with the blood of Jesus? And in Christ, you belong. In Christ, you belong. Consider that. Finally, for the committed, commit again to what I call a bold act of belonging. May the Lord, may the Lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. He paid. He paid in blood to make us belong. He paid the price in blood to make us belong. He paid for that. And so act upon it. And I want, if you're, if you're in here right now and you're considering this, I want to take five seconds and, and say, I, I'm going to ask that you identify what would be a bold act of belonging for you. Maybe it's to reach across the block, block of ice to your spouse. Maybe it's to pick up the phone and call your son, your daughter, your mother, your father. Maybe it's to go across the street, have the conversation that needs to be had. Maybe it's to look out for the person who just doesn't look like they're fitting. And maybe, maybe the next time you come to church, say, you know what, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go hunting. I'm hunting this morning. I'm going to find the person that feels uncomfortable. And I'm going to show them that they belong. I'm going to help them feel like they belong. So five seconds, just pause. And I'm going to pray, God, would you please prompt your people to identify an area where they can make a bold act of belonging. Finally, if you take that challenge and you try it, will you let me know? We pastors love those kinds of stories. So as we close, I'm going to return to the you pick it, we preach it question. So the first question is, um, how do we treat the neighbors uh, who are different from us? And the answer is, like family. You don't know whether they believe or don't believe. So just treat them like family. In Jesus' name. Is Green Tree ready for a diverse church? I don't know. God help us. But we can practice. We can practice. So I'm going to, this time, I'm going to invite the uh, servers to come forward, the musicians. We're going to celebrate this wonderful act of belonging. Uh, oh, I need my, need my patience here. I want to be like Tiny Tim. We're going to celebrate this beautiful act of belonging at the Lord's table.
the 